What's up, everybody? We have a special interview with Kelly Winterhalter today. We just did a hand with Phil Humuth against Kelly. Obviously, Phil is a polarizing figure. Kelly, I'm sure, has a lot of thoughts on the hand. Kelly, it's nice to have you. How are you doing? Hi, guys. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. This, this hand is something we think is really interesting. We spent a fair amount of time on the podcast talking about both Phil's and your decisions and trying to sort of piece together, mainly with Phil, like why in the world is he doing all the things that he's doing? Um, so maybe we should just uh, take everyone through the hand, first of all, just to get, let everyone know what the action is, and then you can sort of tell us about your thought process as you play the hand against him. All right, so um, this hand started with Phil limping under the gun with a seven off. Uh, is that right? Did you actually I, do that? I think the graphics um, on this hand were actually wrong. I think he raised, uh, I want to say it was 250 under the gun. Okay, that changes a lot. And uh, for those who just listened to our podcast, uh, we're sorry, Phil. We didn't mean all of the things we said about you, I guess. Well, we sort of did. Um, but I guess Phil raised under the gun, which is still not ideal, right? I mean, he still has a seven off under the gun in a twenty-five fifty cash game against good players. Why? <laughs> but it's better than limping. Uh, that said, it definitely alters a lot of what we would have said on our analysis. But anyway, let's go through the hand anyway from your perspective, Kelly. So Phil raises, and then Rep Porter just calls with Ace King. It looks like um, another guy calls, and you're in the big blind with Queen Three of Hearts, and you call, right? Mm-hmm. Then yeah. Jack Jack Seven Two Heart Flop. Uh, where Phil continues. We thought he just donked, but I guess he, he continues. Everybody folds but you. You call. The turn is the six of spades, and uh, Phil continues again for now a very small bet, 700 into 1825. You call again. And the river was a brick. We didn't actually write it down. <laughs> um, and, I, it <laughs> and you lead for 1400, and he just snap folds and shows you the A7. So let's go back to the beginning and take us through your thought process. Cool. Yeah. So let's see on the flop. Um, you know, I was, uh, let's see. Okay. Sorry. Just, just pulling up the ends again. Okay. Yeah. So I call on the flop. I'm kind of thinking there's really just no benefit to raising there because he has a lot of jacks in his range. Um, you know, so it just, it doesn't really accomplish a whole lot. Um, you know, and it's also, I think Phil is kind of fancy in general. So if he has any super nutted hands, you know, you can, there, there is some percentage of his jacks where he is going to do something like he's going to check raise or, you know, he's going to get fancy with it. He's going to get fancy with full houses. Um, but I just don't see really any benefit for raising on the flop. Um, and then on the turn, uh, he, he, he makes it so small. I think on the turn, basically at that point, um, that's kind of when I realized that his range is pretty much just narrowed down to two pair, basically. Uh, with that sizing, I think he's going to he's gonna bet bigger if he has a jack because then, you know, he's he's uh, charging the flush draws. And, um, yeah, I just – I don't think there's really anything in his range aside from mediocre two pairs. Uh, so at that point, I kind of just – I feel like I, I have him sort of pinpointed and I'm like, okay, you know, we'll go, we'll go from there. Uh, my plan was to bluff the river uh, because, you know, if I miss because that's sort of – the only thing you can do there out of position with, with queen, queen three, it's like, well, you know, just have to go with it. Uh, what were you going to do if you actually got there? So are you, are you essentially betting almost all rivers then? It depends. Um, so I think Phil is a very feel based player. So I would say his mood is something to, you know, really take into consideration. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> 
So at that point in the game, I, I think that hand was sort of earlier in the session and, you know, he wasn't super tilted yet. If I remember, you know, where, where this hand was, he wasn't super tilted. I think that, you know, his, his idea of me at that point was still that I was fairly tight, um, solid, you know, not going to be spazzing too much. So I think given what he's thinking of me at that point, I can get away with a lot more. Whereas that same hand later on, you know, after he's tilted, after he's seen me bluff, you know, it just wouldn't work. I think there's a lot of, a lot of times on the river where it's, he's just going to make a tilt call. Cause it's like, all right, you know, it's you, I'm just going to call everything now. <laughs> that's, that's some good insight. Um, do you think there was, uh, some lack of respect for you because of your age and that you're a relative newcomer that maybe you thought you could get away with this kind of thing more against Phil? Cause he thinks you're going to be straightforward or something. Um, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say a lack of respect. I think, I think if anything, you know, just, you know, he doesn't have an understanding of kind of the way I play. Um, I think he respects me, but also doesn't, doesn't really know what I have up my sleeves, um, which is an advantage for me because for someone like doc, he probably plays with him all the time or he's very familiar with his game. So doc can't just get away with it. And if he, as soon as he kind of formulates this idea, like, okay, this, this girl bluffs a lot, then, you know, the gig is up, but it's like once, once you have that fresh slate and, you know, for me, this was my first time playing, on TV and, you know, no one knew anything about my game. So I just had a huge advantage going into that because I was able to kind of learn about their games and they had no idea what I was doing. That's really interesting. So on the turn, you said based on his sizing, you put him on two pair, which makes a lot of sense, right? And it could be, I, I assume it could pretty much be all pocket pairs, like probably maybe even sixes, but certainly eights and better. Knowing that he is a seven off, I guess it could be probably all pocket pairs, but maybe you aren't thinking that at the time. Um, why did you choose to take an aggressive action on the river versus check raising the turn, let's say, or taking aggressive action earlier in the hand? Um, I just think that, you know, I, I'm trying to make it look like I have a jack, trying to make it look like I'm stronger uh, than I actually am. I just don't want to, um, you know, go about it too early. I'm also gaining a ton of information about his hand. I think with the bet sizing tells that I gain just by checking and seeing what happens specifically on the turn, I just gained so much information just kind of by seeing what, what size he has there. Um, you know, I think he also is going to take a lot of free cards if he has a draw or if he has some kind of a combo draw, you know, knowing his style, I think he would a lot of the time just take, take a free card there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can remember back, I know it's been a while since you actually played this hand. It's been over a year. Um, do you remember after he made the bet on the turn, what your decision-making process was to sort of think like, well, what I'm going to do is bluff the river versus make a play now? Like one, now that you've gotten the information, now that he has bet 700. Um, you know, it just, it just felt like a better time for me. I can't, I can't really tell you I had any great insight about, about that spot other than just kind of going with my, with my reads there, as far as what, from Phil's perspective, what is going to look the strongest for me. Um, I think on the turn, a second draw showed up. So, you know, I could, I could have some more uh, flush draws in my range. You know, you could put me on a flush draw in general. Um, it just, I, I just kind of went with what I felt at the time. Cool. So when you decided to bet the river, were you thinking that it's possible that Phil is not expecting you to show up with too many missed flush draws because you called on a paired board, even though the sizing was so small on the turn? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I kind of, 
I kind of just got a read too on the river that, you know, when he was, he was sort of like very subtly leaning towards me, it was like just a really light little head tilt. And when I get that, um, you know, to me, it sort of feels like this, like, like, don't, don't bluff, don't bluff. Like I'm watching you kind of, you know, like I got my eyes on you. Um, whereas, whereas if they're really strong, they're like, Oh, nothing weird's going on over here. Just go about your business and, you know, put as many chips out there as you want. Did that affect your sizing on the river? Did you feel like you didn't have to bet as much because of that? Or were you going to bet about 1400 into 32? Do you think either way? I think the sizing was just, you know, trying to make it look as strong as possible. I didn't want to go too big because I feel like that's going to be kind of a red flag for a bluff. Um, you know, it, it is kind of a strange line to take with a bluff. So I think if I, you know, if I, if I do anything that kind of just raises alarm bells for any reason, it might get him thinking. Um, so just, you know, nice and small, just, you know, just over here trying to get value, no big deal. <laughs> well, it worked out really great. Uh, were you surprised with how fast he folded and that he showed you that he snap folded like that? I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was surprised, you know, I did feel like he was going to fold, but I, I guess with the snap fold, I was kind of like, Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. All right. And then you know, that must've felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. It felt, it felt pretty good. I was definitely like, all right, let's do this. Now you started playing poker, at least according to an interview you gave to somebody poker listings, maybe, um, mm-hmm. in 2015, I think at the beginning of 2015 is what you told them. And you're just playing like three, six limit, hold them. So it wasn't that much later that you're playing this twenty-five fifty game with some of the bigger names in poker. Phil would probably say the biggest names in poker. Um, <laughs> how did you like? What do you attribute your sort of really quick rise up the ladder to? So I think you know it was just kind of the approach I took to poker. Going into poker, I was drawn to the game not because of the technical side of it, because but because I am a really intuitive person. So I kind of saw it as this fun activity where I get to practice all of these intuitive skills and, and, you know, learn, learn new techniques. Um, you know, a lot of it was just my preparation. I knew that I was going to be really successful in poker. I think that, you know, just having the confidence and faith in your game is, you know, just a whole nother side of poker. And you see people that have these kind of, you know, not so technical approaches to the game, but yet they think they're amazing and they actually have really good results. Um, so I think that, I think that is huge and just, you know, just dedication. I loved poker, you know, when I, when I was getting into it, I was super passionate about it. I was always excited to play and yeah, I mean, I just, I put a lot of work into it. Well, I mean, that's, it's really impressive to rise so fast. Um, speaking of rising so fast to playing with Phil Helmuth, did, did you have any experiences with Phil that were notable when you're at the table? I mean, he's the legend who always is berating people. Did he ever berate you or anything? He did. He, he got pretty upset with me. I'm not going to lie. Um, so towards the end of the session, I don't know if you, if you guys kind of got some glimpses, but I started to build up a really big stack. I had quite a few bluffs that got through and then Phil was finding out about them on the stream. So then he got the idea that, okay, this girl is losing her mind. She's going crazy. I'm not going to let her have it. And then he started having all of these hands, you know, he was having pocket aces and then he had a set that didn't work out. And it was just kind of one of those sessions for him where it was like, everything wasn't going well. Um, so once he got into that, he was, he was definitely berating me on camera, um, which was fun. Uh, there was a hand where he told me that he was going to bluff me. Um, he was like, just so you know, if you raise, I'm going to raise you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't say anything. I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then the next hand I get pocket nines. I'm like, well, wonderful. <laughs> 
<laughs> when he was uh, going after you a little bit, which he does, of course, we've seen him do this so many times to so many players, but I've never personally been the victim of it, and neither has Grant. So um, what was your experience of that piece? Did it, did it change the way you played at all? Because I, I personally, my, my theory is that a lot of what he's doing is he's trying to manipulate players, usually ineffectively against pros, but he's always trying to manipulate players into playing tighter, more predictable ranges and things like that. Did it change at all how you played or how you felt or anything? Um, it, it changed. It, it kind of just lit me up and got me excited. Um, I love, I love seeing him tilt. I think that he's, you know, he's making a lot more mistakes that way. And, you know, it is, it is something that isn't going to work on me as well as a lot of other players. So I was really happy. It was a kind of a cool experience. I, I remember even before I went into it, I was like, wouldn't that be awesome if Phil tilted and berated me? <laughs> and well, then I guess did. you got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. And it went well, you know, it was, it, yeah, it just kind of got me in the flow of like, okay, you know, he's, he's very likely to make mistakes when he's playing like this. So just, just focus and, you know, let him make some mistakes. That's cool. I'm glad you got to have that experience. Um, another experience you might've had with Phil based on how he talks about it is the white magic experience where he has these otherworldly reads and stuff like that. Did you see anything like that happen where you were like only Phil Helmuth could do that? That was special. I always get an only Phil could do that moment just, you know, watching Phil's play. It's like, it, I almost feel like he's just kind of inventing poker moves as he goes. And it's super awesome to watch. I'm like, what just happened? Like, he just got triple check raised. And I don't know, you know, just all of, all of these things that are coming in. I love to see him kind of get in that style where he's not taking a traditional approach to poker. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't care as much about ranges and all that stuff. And he's intimidating people. And it's just really entertaining. And I appreciate it for that. Kelly, you said earlier that you loved poker and you, you were passionate about it. And I noticed you were talking in the past tense. Oh, no. So has, uh, has your, you still love playing? Do you still want to play? Are you going to the World Series this year? Where, where do you stand in terms of you and poker? I still love poker. I will always love poker. Poker, poker has a special place in my heart always. I'm not playing as much as I was. Um, I still plan to play. I'm definitely interested in cash games. Um, there aren't as many, you know, tournaments and things like that near me. So I haven't been playing that much. I've been kind of finding other things in life that I'm really passionate about and I'm really excited about and just kind of diving into those. Um, so, you know, it's kind of coming in waves for me, but it's a cool game. Speaking of other passions, you were already a successful entrepreneur when you started playing poker uh, with a skincare company, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you still doing that or are you starting a new venture? So I actually just sold, um, got acquired recently. This was, this is very new. Um, so I am really excited about that. I'm kind of just exploring this freedom that I have, which is amazing, you know, just connecting to sort of my sense of play and waking up every morning and and thinking, what do I want to do today? Well, I can do anything I want in the whole world. And that's amazing. Um, right now I'm taking a little bit of a, a tiny break from entrepreneurship and just focusing on learning new skills and, you know, just having fun and then definitely interested in getting back in there. And, you know, I, ha- I have so many ideas, so many things that I want to work on. I'm almost kind of like, all right, slow down, slow down, just, you know, have fun for a little bit. Yeah. We have a lot of those ideas too, but none of them have gotten anywhere near the acquired level. <laughs> so we're still working on that. Um, so are we going to see you at the world series or not? That's the real question. I, I think so. I haven't confirmed any plans, but I'm definitely interested in coming out for, it, at the very least, the main event, because um, that tournament is just the best tournament ever. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. <laughs> we look forward to playing that as well. Kelly Winterhalter, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. It's great to have you. You too.